0: Hey, thank you for listening to Beyond the Court Ministries. My name is Destiny D. Santos. If you're busy and you want to learn more of the Word, this is a place where you can grow in the Word of God and get something and apply it practically to your life. So thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy the Beyond the Court Ministries podcast. Hey, welcome to Beyond the Court Ministries. I'm excited you decided to join back in And if you're joining for the first time, we are doing a Bible study in the book of Luke, and we have been in Luke chapter 6. And last time we talked about being a student in Jesus' classroom, and I got a lot out of that message, and so if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. And today, we're going to pick up in verse 43, and we're going to look at verse 43 and 45 out of Luke chapter 6. So in verse 43, it says a good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things From the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And that was Jesus speaking. And we just read Luke chapter 6 verse 43 through 45. So the first thing I notice is Jesus is comparing trees to people. And he's comparing the fruit of the tree to the actions and words of people. Which comes from the heart. So Jesus, when he gave parables, he did speak of trees and fruit a lot. And when he gave parables, it was always the kingdom of God is like, and he was always speaking revelation of what the kingdom of God is like. So when we see things like this, when Jesus is kind of comparing a tree to a person and the fruit of a tree to the actions of people, we know that Jesus is speaking from a kingdom perspective, from a place of revelation. And so we're gonna follow that theme and that kingdom perspective for the rest of this episode. And the title of this episode is called Jesus is a fruit inspector. Jesus is a fruit inspector. So if Jesus inspected fruit and he noticed fruit on trees and that was important to him, then we should also see ourselves as fruit bearing trees. And we should be inspectors of what type of fruit we are producing in our own lives. So as students in Jesus' classroom, we should always ask ourselves, what fruit am I producing? And why is fruit bearing important? So that's the first question is, why is fruit bearing important? Well, I want to look in Mark chapter 11, and I want to pick up in verse 12 and 14, and then I'm going to drop down and read verse 20 and 21. And this scripture is going to answer that question. Why is bearing fruit in our lives important? So Mark chapter 11, verse 12 says, The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. And then scroll down in verse 20, it says, In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. And that was Mark chapter 11, verse 12 through 14 and verse 20 and 21. And so why is fruit bearing important? It's important because Jesus hungers for fruit. He is looking for fruit. In this verse that we just read, it said, one, it said he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. And rarely does it mention Jesus' appetite in the Bible. And so the fact that the Bible put that in there, that Jesus was hungry. And then it says, seeing a fig tree in leaf from a distance. That was the whole reason why he went to the trees, because he saw the leaf. Meaning there was supposed to be figs on that tree. He was expecting figs on that tree because he saw a leaf and was disappointed when there wasn't any fruit on the tree. And so we know Jesus hungers for fruit in our lives, and he is always looking and inspecting what we produce. So the second question we should be asking ourselves is, well, what type of fruit is Jesus looking for? What does he hunger for? What is Jesus' appetite? Well, I want to answer that question by looking into John chapter 4, verse 31 through 36. So John chapter 4, verse 31 through 36 says, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around the fields are already ripe for harvest the harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life what joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike and that was john chapter 4 verse 31 through 36 And so even in this verses, we can see what Jesus hungers for. And he hungers for people brought to eternal life. That's what Jesus hungers for. That's what he's always looking for. When he would give parables, that was the main point of his parables, was people being brought to eternal life. That's the whole reason he left heaven and became a man just to save humanity because sin had destroyed that. That was the whole point why Jesus came, to save us and give us back what sin destroyed. So Jesus hungers for people brought to eternal life. That's one fruit. And I'm going to go through four different fruits that Jesus hungers for. And we know one is eternal life. People brought to eternal life. And a scripture for that is, I want to read Luke chapter 15, verse four. And this is Jesus talking. It says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And that was Luke chapter 15, verse four. And I love how in this one we know the Bible talks about Jesus being our great shepherd and us being like sheep. And right here he's saying, hey, if someone had a hundred sheep and loses one, wouldn't he leave the ninety nine and go search for the one? That's what Jesus hungers for. He's always looking for the one because he hungers for eternal life. What's the second fruit that Jesus hungered for? And there's a lot that Jesus hungered for, I'm sure. But in this episode, I'm going to highlight four fruits that Jesus is looking at our tree to produce. One is, have we received him and have we received eternal life? Because he came after us. We wouldn't be a disciple in Jesus' classroom and have the privilege of learning from him as a teacher had he not went out and sought us out. And so... Now that we're his students, we're called to do outreaches as his students. Every now and then we're meant to leave the classroom of the 99 and go search for the one because that's what our teacher, that's what our master hungers for, eternal life. So now that we have it, we're meant to go and help bring other people in the classroom. So that should be a fruit that we hunger for because that's what Jesus hungers for. The second fruit is Jesus hungers for true repentance. Jesus hungers for true Repentance, And I want to read Luke chapter 13, verse 1 through 9. So Luke chapter 13, verse 1 says, About this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Jesus asked, Is that why they suffered? Not at all. And you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about the 18 people who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No. And I tell you again, that unless you repent, you will perish too. Then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and, and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it but he was always disappointed finally he said to his gardener i've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig cut it down it's just taking up space in the garden the gardener answered sir give it one more chance leave it another year And I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. And that was Luke chapter 13, verse one through nine. And so from here, Jesus says twice in, in these verses, repent. And he also mentioned how people died without cause. Like they suffered You know, were they worse off? Were they worse sinners? Do you think they suffered because they were worse than anyone else? And he's saying, no, not at all. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. And he says, you know, and you will perish too unless you repent. So basically, all of us will suffer and perish unless we repent and turn from our sins and, and come to know him as our savior. We are all guilty. We are all sinners. We all have missed the mark. And so we all have to come to a place of repentance, true repentance. And what's true repentance is turning from sin and turning to God, not just repenting from our sins and asking for forgiveness, but allowing God's power to transform us into his image. There should be a transformation that happens when we repent. And so repentance is acknowledgement of our sin and a heart to be transformed by God. Repentance is a catalyst to eternal life. We should have a daily lifestyle of repentance, regardless of if we accepted Jesus Christ and we've been saved for a long time and we've been a student in his classroom for a long long time. Well, if we're not careful, pride can sneak in and we can think that we're in his classroom because we deserve to be in his classroom or that we're in his classroom because we're not uh, as sinful as someone else who's not in the classroom. And that's pride. And, that can sneak, and that's a sin. And so we should never become prideful. We are only disciples of Jesus because of his grace and his mercy. And we have to always be reminded of that. And so we should always have a lifestyle, a daily lifestyle of repentance, because there's some sins that we might commit that we don't even see, whether it's anger, pride, um, or in our thoughts, we can sin in, in things that we don't intentionally try to sin in. And so... Why not have a daily lifestyle of repentance? Lord, thank you for waking me up this morning. Lord, forgive me of my sins, those that I might have been acknowledged about and I knew and, I, and I'm coming to you about that or the ones that I don't even know I did. Lord, I pray you would forgive me and, and transform me and help me overcome those things. Just really having a heart to pursue God and a heart to change. That's true repentance. And we need to hunger for that because that's what Jesus hungered for. So that's the second fruit. And I also want to highlight how in this verse, in Luke chapter 13, how similar it is in the actual um, experience that Jesus did in the verse that we read in Mark. In Mark, that actually happened to Jesus. He literally went to go look for figs on a fig tree and didn't find any. And in the parable we read in Luke, He didn't, he's not experiencing that. He's given a parable of that. And it's, it's crazy how he used both the fig tree, um, in the Bible, one as a parable and one as a real experience to teach us something, you know, what I really feel he's trying to teach us because in both of those, the real experience that he did, he ended up cursing that tree because there was no fruit found on that tree in Mark 11. And then in the parable in Luke chapter 13 that we just read, even in that parable, He was going to cut it down, but then the gardener said, let's give it another year. But you can see in that parable, the the heart of Jesus, like I'm looking for fruit. There hasn't been any fruit. It's been three years and this this fig tree is still not giving us any figs. And so we're meant to be fruitful. We're meant to be fruitful. And he said that after he mentioned how we need to repent. And so there should be fruit in our lives. And if we are properly nourished, meaning if you think of ourselves as fig trees, or trees in general, um, there there's leaves, you know, the, and Mark, Jesus went out to go to that tree because he saw a leaf, a, a leaf represents health. Like That means you're healthy. That means the tree is properly being fed. Um, the, it's properly nourished by the sun It's properly getting water. That's why there's leaves, but yet there was no figs. And so what can that represent? We don't want to be trees with just leaves meaning we're spiritually being nourished the word of god we're spiritually know the truth but yet we're just leaves just because we know the truth there's no transformation there's no birthing process there's nothing that's coming forth from our lives to show that we're spiritually healthy and, and Jesus is going to be looking for the fruit. He's not looking for leaves. He doesn't care how much of the word we know. He doesn't care how much of we go to church. He's not looking for leaves in religion. He's looking for fruit. There should be fruit. There should be evidence in our own lives that we are connected to him. And there should be evidence not only in our own lives, but then there within fruit, there's seeds, there should be seeds that we're sowing because of the fruit in our lives. Okay, so let's just keep going. So, Jesus hungers for eternal fruit. Jesus hungers for true repentance. The third one, Jesus hungers for a spirit-led life. Jesus hungers for a spirit-led life. And I want to read Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 26. And it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, goodness Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. And that was Galatians chapter five, verse 22 through 26. And so through those verses, we see that Jesus hungers for a spirit led life, meaning the fruit of kindness and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. And all of those are fruit that should be birthed from our tree. And if we're not birthing that type of fruit, then it goes back to our original text in Luke: a, a bad tree can't produce good fruit, and a good tree can't produce bad fruit. So those fruits should be evident in our lives, and that determines if we're a good tree or, or a bad tree. All right, so we need to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. We need to live live a spirit led life, and it said that. Um, those who are belong to Christ Jesus has nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross. Meaning just because we're saved and just because we belong to Jesus doesn't mean that the passions and the desires of our sinful nature just goes away. We're still human. However, we're being transformed. And so there is an intentionality to crucify our flesh to the cross. We have to carry our cross. That's a, that's actually a scripture. Um, we all are meant to carry our cross and including the passions and the desires of our sinful nature. Especially if we belong to Christ Jesus. Alright so then the last fruit that I want to mention is Jesus hungers for a daily connection and relationship with us. A daily connection and a relationship with us. And I want to read John chapter 15, verse 1 through 17, and it says in John chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. I'm gonna read that sentence again. He said, when you produce much fruit, You are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. And that was John chapter 15, verse 1 through 17. And basically, that's one of my favorite verses. Jesus is saying, you can't even produce fruit apart from me. The the example with the fig tree, how it was unfruitful and he he cursed it. And then the parable he gave about the fig tree, how after three years, he was ready to curse it. But then the gardener said, oh, well, let's give it a little more fertilizer. Oh, the mercy of God. And but basically we see that whenever we're not producing fruit, Jesus is inspecting that he's inspecting our fruit. And he will cut off the branches that isn't producing fruit. But those who remain in him, because the only way we can produce fruit is to remain in him. The only way we can live a spiritual led life, a spirit led life and nail the desires and passions of our sinful nature to the cross is to remain in him. That's the only way we can be fruitful is to remain in him. And so I want to encourage us with another scripture, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse seven through eight. And it says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And that was Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 through 8. And so right there, even in the Old Testament, even Jeremiah speaking of human beings as being trees and how to be a a strong, fruitful tree, you know, is, is those who trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. That's how we become a tree planted by the water. Our roots grow deep and we and our leaves are always green. We're healthy. We're spiritually nervous and we're producing fruit. We never fail to bear fruit. And so. All throughout scripture, we see this thread of tree and fruit, and that's who we are. And so the last thing I want to talk about is the third question, because we answered the question, well, what does, what does Jesus hunger for? Well, what is fruit? And so the the third question is, how do I know if the fruit I'm producing is good or bad? How do I know if the fruit I'm producing is good or bad? Well, we just talked about the good fruit, so let's talk about what some bad fruit looks like. And I want to read Galatians chapter five, verse 19 through 21. And it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that was Galatians chapter five, verse 19 through 21. So those are some examples of what some bad fruit look like. But there's also some fruit in there that's not mentioned that's also bad, um, it said, and any other sins like these. So it started off saying in, in Galatians five nineteen it said, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, that's how we produce bad fruit is when we follow the desires of our sinful nature. And remember to live a spiritual led life and produce good fruit. It said that those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their sinful desires to the cross. They nailed their passions, those sinful passions to the cross and, and and left them there. And so those who have not done that, they have not nailed their sinful desires and passions to the cross. They still live them out. And these are the results uh, in other sins like this. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, I want to read Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so, basically, we have to inspect our own tree knowing that Jesus inspects our tree. And so if we're a good tree, then we're going to produce good fruit. And we talked about what that looked like. One, we received eternal life. We have true repentance in our life. We are daily communing and connecting with God. And we're living a spirit-led life. And that's how we know if we're a good tree. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. Well, how do we know if we're a bad tree? Well, if we're a bad tree, then we're producing bad fruit. And we just read what bad fruit is, is anything that comes out of our sinful desires. Um, Any of that that comes from our sinful desires. And we know that the wages of sin is death. If we continue to be okay with being a bad tree, then Eventually, the wages of sin will lead to death. But the the wages that Jesus offers is eternal life through Jesus Christ, and so that's the message for today. I hope that encouraged you, and I hope that it also helped you gauge where you are in your relationship with Christ, because that's what the Word of God does. It reveals. It reveals who God is, but it also it's like a mirror. We look into the mirror and we see what we look like. But we can't walk away and forget what we look like. We have to see what we look like and and see like, okay, God, I see the adjustments in my life that need to be made. And so maybe that's you. Maybe you're listening. You're like, man, I definitely can tell what kind of tree I am. And if you feel like you're a good tree and you're producing that good fruit and you're like, yeah, you know, then praise God. And I just encourage you, like the the most important fruit is communing with God and staying connected to Jesus, because that's the only way that that good fruit will continue to to grow. And God can prune that and make you even more fruitful. Um, And I also encourage you, if you are on the good tree, if you if you could see yourself as that good tree, that Jesus hungered for eternal life so that's something that we should also be hungering for not just in our own lives and we're okay with being a good tree but no the fruit from our tree should be seeds being planted into others because others are able to eat from that tree and so how can we share the good news of Jesus how can others receive the the eternal life that Jesus offered you know and so really not being selfish with our fruit but giving it out and if you are the on the other side, and you're like, wow, you know, I think, I I thought I was a good tree, but man, after after reading some of that, I I definitely got some bad fruit, and uh, I gotta, you know, I'm definitely heading in the wrong direction. Well, I got some good news. The good news is the gospel of Jesus, and the good news is while we're still breathing, there's still time. There's still time and the the way to change from a bad tree to a good tree is just to get connected to the right source, which is Jesus, which is Jesus. And that's where that true repentance comes in. So if that's you, all you got to do is just truly repent, not just feel bad and guilty and then continue to live a life that doesn't represent God and is not spiritual led, but truly making a decision. I'm, I'm dying to myself. I'm 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 surrendering to to God. He didn't have to create me, but He did. He didn't have to rescue me, but He chose to anyway. Why not give my life to someone who gave their life for me? Why not serve such a great God? I'm gonna. We all are gonna perish, but why not receive eternal life um, while I still can? And so, if that's you, I would love to lead you into a prayer, and you make this your own words. I'll help guide you with the words, but let it come from your own heart. So just repeat after me and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for telling me the truth. So, Lord, I repent. I repent of my actions. I repent of my sins. I repent from the fruit I've been producing in my own life. And Lord, I ask that you would rescue me. I ask that you would save me. I ask that you not only change my fruit, but change my root. Help me stay connected to you. Help me learn how to commune with you. I give my life to you. Thank you for saving me. And from this day forward, help prune me so I can become more fruitful in my own life, and also so that I can start to produce fruit in the lives of others. I love you, and I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 And if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says that when one sinner repents, the whole heaven's throws the party. So all the angels are rejoicing. And that's just like Jesus leaving the 99. He's like, wait a minute, I'm missing a student. Let me go find them and go on to look for that one. So welcome home. And I just encourage you, if you don't have a local church home, get plugged into a local church home. Community is important. And this helps you stay accountable. It helps you stay rooted in the word of God and it helps you be around other people that's growing in the same direction. I also encourage you to start a Bible reading plan. The Word of God is full of all kinds of truth. It highlights and shows us how we should live our lives. God uses it to, to teach us and, and to correct us. And the last one is I encourage you to just don't walk life alone. Whatever you do, don't walk life alone. Find someone to share what God has done in your life and to... Um, see how you can walk alongside someone so that you're being sharpened as you go through your Christian journey I hope you enjoyed this message and have a blessed day thank you so much for listening to the beyond the court ministries podcast if you enjoyed the message today please subscribe and share with others as I will continue to upload messages also if you would like a daily devotional shoot me an email at Beyond the Core Ministries at gmail.com. Thanks and have a blessed day.